0: Welcome back. This is the Texan Overtime Podcast. It is a Tuesday afternoon in Austin, Texas. The weather outside is glorious, yet we are here in this little basement we have in, <laughs> here in the Daily Texan in this, this little back room. It's like a shack almost. Nice. I think nice imagery, man. <laughs> it's a closet. It's a basically a closet. Um, but yeah, we're here on a Tuesday afternoon. The sports schedule is a little different this week. Again, we've been trying to have this podcast on Wednesdays, but the sports schedule is um, kind of wacky. It's been wacky lately. But here we are on a Tuesday afternoon. I'm Trent Dashner, your host and sports editor of The Daily Texan. Joining me as always is Ty Horka, associate managing editor of The Daily Texan. Normally joining us is Alex Bresigno, associate sports editor, but he is out filming today for a documentary, so he's not here. But we do have two regulars back with us. As always, Steve Helwick, men's basketball writer, is here with us, and Drew King, women's basketball writer, is here with us. So you can probably infer that we're going to be talking some hoops today because women just wrapped up the Big 12 tournament, and the men are preparing to start the Big 12 tournament this week. Um, but before we get to all the sports talk today, guys, spring break is next week. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I much need a break from school, but what are you guys' spring break plans?
1: I'm going to the beach. Not I'll, I'll <laughs> be in the car delivering cookies for Tiff's Streets because I need some extra money. Yeah. yeah. Daily, the Daily Texan isn't paying the bills, but t- yeah. Tiff's Streets will. Yeah, Hashtag tip tie. Yeah, tip tie. Hashtag tip tie. I like yeah. it.
0: There you go. Okay. Steve, what about you? Bye. I'll be going to Florida.
2: Uh, I go there every single oh, sh- year. But then in the middle I might audible and go to where Texas is going for March Madness, right. whether that's Assuming Pittsburgh that's, or Boise yeah. or Nashville yeah. or, or Dayton. San Diego or <laughs> San Diego.
0: San <laughs> Diego.
3: Or any <laughs> of
2: those places.
3: Um could it be Central Florida? Yeah, we're out we're at we're at in Florida.
2: Uh Fort Pierce. It's Fort Pierce. not really As near in anything. In Central
3: yeah. Florida, home of the Golden yeah. Knights, yeah, for, for
0: all AKA the AKA uh, the national champions. For all the Twitter viewers, Steve is wearing some propaganda wow. today. This um, is some propaganda. Um, they, they UCF national ball. champs, Play them all, win <laughs> them all, champs. <laughs> but in fairness, Drew wore propaganda last week, AKA a big baller brand hoodie. So I don't know, you know just propaganda, just a as bunch as of it is clothes, just a bunch of garbage that you guys are wearing on this show. <laughs> um, <laughs> for real, though, Drew. Where are you going? What are you doing for spring break?
3: Nothing. I'm I'm here pretty much the whole time. Okay. I got uh go All right. I, I might. Uh, I mean, I really only have three days free, so uh, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah.
0: yeah, I I will be stuck around Austin for the most part, which is a far cry from the Hawaii trip last spring break. Mm. So. Crimea River. <laughs> but I mean, you know, we might try and get out and play some golf, but. Moving on, though, why we're really here, um, obviously to talk some hoops, but before we get into the hoops, um, just recap some quick Texas sports news. Over the weekend, the baseball team um, won a series against Northwestern, four-game series at the dish, and Texas baseball just went on a scoring barrage after dropping the first game Friday night at 6-2 to loss, which was kind of surprising, kind of woke up the team a little bit, I think, based on some of what the players' quotes said. Texas goes on to win the next three games, 10-7, 16-3, and 12-1. So no shortage of offense and that. Texas baseball is now 8-4, and four, and they have a series, four-game series with Stanford coming up this weekend. So that'll be, um, you know, Stanford's obviously a good program, so that should be a cool series to go out and watch. Um, Texas softball. Dropped a series to number 9 Arizona this past weekend at McCombs Field. Um, Longhorns did get a win on Saturday um, against the Wildcats, 3-1. Counts as a signature win for that program. They've always kind of struggled to pick up a signature win early in the season, but they did drop the series. They lost the game Friday and um, Sunday. Texas softball plays Wednesday against UTSA. That's in San Antonio um the Longhorns are eight and ten on the season so softball's kind of been up and down to start the year um we'll see how they kind of pick things up and we'll definitely have Robert Larkin or Wills Layton our softball riders, on um as the semester progresses and then also um coming up this week in College Station Friday and Saturday you have the NCAA Track Championships and Texas um will be competing in that obviously Drew is a former track writer right. so he knows all about that life so yeah the Longhorns heading to good old College Station one of the finer cities in texas as we as we should all um but moving into basketball texas women faced off against baylor for the third time of the season last night and just when you thought that texas might have a chance to pick up a win against baylor they didn't (laughs) they hung around with number one seeded baylor for most of the game texas was obviously the two seed Pretty competitive game. It was um, back and forth all night. Texas had a one point lead with about five minutes to go, but you know, similar to the game in Austin this year, Baylor just kind of suffocates the team and, and pulls away late in the game. Um, and Baylor was minus their guard Christy Wallace, who yes, um, their starting, point yes guard. starting point guard, senior guard, who has shredded the Longhorns. Yes, absolutely. when they played she him, um, but Drew obviously. It's Drew, obviously, let's just get your reaction from last night's game. Definitely a winnable game right there. Texas could have walked away as Big 12 tournament champions, and yet they didn't. They let it slip through the cracks.
3: Um. Oh, man. This was like the hardest-fought game for the team this year, I thought. They wanted to get this win so badly, yeah. and they knew that this was going to be their best shot because Christy Wallace was out with the torn ACL. So uh, Baylor started – their two guards is a freshman and a sophomore. So a very inexperienced backcourt, and um, a lot of people were doubting whether uh, Baylor's freshman, Alexis Morris, would be able to make the transition to the starting role as easily as she did. And um, obviously Texas and the rest of the Big 12 underestimated her, she had 18 last night. Um, I think if there's anyone to blame for this loss, in my opinion, is Karen Aston. Mm. I feel like yeah. she's the one who really cost the Longhorns the game. Yeah, um, and, and
0: just uh, recap with that. The yeah, with well, the technical well, I'll, foul. I'll get into it. Yeah, there's, there's more than just the quick, tech. Yeah, quickly to just kind of recap the technical foul though for okay, for so, people who didn't so watch the game.
3: What happened here? Uh, Texas was up by two at this point. This was about a little over two minutes left yeah. in the game. Um, they send Lauren Cox, uh, Baylor sophomore forward, to the free throw line. Um, and, you know, she, like, makes her first and then misses the second. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I got this all wrong. Okay. All wrong. I got it, it all wrong. I apologize. Okay, no. So Texas Texas is up by two. Okay. Joyner Holmes yeah. was on the free throw line. <clears throat> she misses the free throw. Lauren Cox gets the rebound. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rella Booth, who for some reason was on the floor. I'll get into that later. Yeah. Rella, <laughs> Rella
0: Booth had a lot of playing time last night. I'll get know? into that later. Yeah. But
3: Rella Booth kind of sh- tries to tie the ball up, and then Joyner tries to get into the mix to get the ball away from Cox as well. Holmes gets called for the foul. Karen Astin thought it was really a ticky-tack foul. She let the refs know it. The refs tee her up. So. Yeah. The loose ball foul on Joyner Holmes put Baylor into the bonus, and then on top of that, the technical foul, that was four free throws for Lauren right. Cox.
0: She made all four. Mm-hmm. Pure. Um, which, which essentially ended the game for Texas basically, at that point.
3: That's, Baylor never gave up the lead after right. that. Um, so yeah, a real, like Karen Aston said it last night, it was just a really poorly, poorly, poorly timed technical foul mm-hmm. for Texas. But I think that... She could have Texas could have been in a much better position than that had Aston made some adjustments during the game. So, like I said earlier, Rella Booth got a lot of playing time in this game. And I'm really not sure why. Because she hasn't played that much this year, period. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you choose the big twelve tournament to just kind of throw her out there with the dogs with six foot seven Kalani Brown and Lauren Cox who are like running through the conference Mm -hmm. um and Rella just did not play well like every time she went in the only thing she would do is look for her shot Right? She wasn't playing team basketball. It was either she's going to jack up a three or she's going to try to do this hook shot over Kalani Brown. I don't think she made a single shot that. I don't, I'm not sure that she scored last night.
0: Rella Booth, yeah, zero points, 0 for 4 shooting in nine minutes. And so
3: she's getting. She's playing during crunch time over Jatari White, who was really, I thought, the best player for Texas last night. Because mm-hmm. Kalani Brown had a good night, but she could have had a better night, right? Jatari White was doing a really good job of denying her, denying the entry feeds to Kalani Brown in the post on on defense. And then on offense, she was like six for eight. She had 12 points. She was doing really well. I thought Karen Aston should have done a better job of getting her more looks, which she said they tried to, just didn't execute it very well. But Jatari White was very good. She didn't get to play a whole lot in the fourth quarter because Rilla Booth was in, and I didn't understand why.
0: Yeah, um, Texas had four players finish in double figures. LaShawn Higgs was the leading scorer for Texas. She had 20 points. Britt McCarty had 16. Ariel Atkins and Jatari White each had 12. Um, Texas hasn't had Adrienne caron Gaudreau in the last two meetings with Baylor. Do you think that's you know, played a significant factor in, in the outcome, you think. I mean, she's That's, not she's not the offensive weapon that say a Joyner Holmes is, but her defensive presence against a team like Baylor could have Well
3: you know, it's funny, you say that she's not like the same offensive weapon as Joyner Holmes. Joyner Holmes was like three for thirteen. Joyner last Holmes night. Not she had a well rough game. Night. No, she <laughs> no, no she did like do fine on the boards and she held her own against Lauren Cox, but
0: Joyner Holmes was one of ten last night. Yeah, with five okay, points Okay, yeah. yeah. in twenty. It minutes.
3: was it was a rough yeah. outing for Joyner. Yeah. But, um, but normally she she is but um can, well <laughs> you so Audrey Audrey definitely could have helped in the situation yeah. especially because she's just a body right mm-hmm. because if you're going against these huge posts like Baylor has yeah you're going to get into foul trouble yeah. everybody g- is going to get into foul trouble so Audrey definitely could have helped there but that, that's another thing I just don't understand the, the choice to throw Rella out there when you have you know Jordan Hosey who's had more experience against Baylor you have Mide who I think is probably a better
0: defender than Rella is um it's just it was a questionable decision in my opinion. Yeah. Um looking ahead, so Texas um finished the season with an overall record of 26 and 6. Do we think that they will get a 2 seed? How is your feeling as far as that goes? I'm pretty confident they'll get a 2 seed. They've yeah. been ranked
3: right at 7 or 8 for the past couple of weeks. Um the the one thing that complicates everything is that uh, Mississippi no South Carolina just beat Mississippi State so they've moved up kind of ahead of Texas just because they had that huge win for the SEC championship but I I don't see anybody under Texas leapfrogging them for a two seed I think everybody has pretty much a weaker resume yeah comparatively. And then well, If they're
1: the last ranked 2 seed, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is how they do it, but would that mean they're in Yukon's region? Is that how they do that? Is, I have is that no more of a I should, I'm not
3: informed!
2: Usually in March Madness, they, they like to do things with regions like teams and they like to separate the conferences too geographically yeah, there's ge- there's so many factors yeah. geographics conference so just because
1: they're the the last ranked two seed doesn't mean they're going to be paired up with the number one like one seed right? it doesn't not mean because that. that would be a death sentence for texas it always is i don't know man in the, in the elite eight i guess i don't know be.
3: we we were four points short of beating yukon earlier this season and ariel Atkins didn't play in the second quarter
1: yeah, I mean, but I mean, it's UConn. In it's the, not impossible. It's, it's you don't. No, it's
0: not impossible. But I mean, you don't want to have UConn in your, oh, <laughs> in your true, region if you have the option. We've been
1: talking Final Four with this team for like three years now, or so, and yeah. just to be put UConn in UConn's bracket, that would sort of put a damper on the entire month of March.
0: Yeah, so I mean, let's get into that really quickly because you know when we had Drew on earlier um, in in the semester, you know, we, we talked a little bit about. Um, The prospects for how this season will kind of shake out with the Texas women. Um, They definitely have probably the most talented team that Karen Astin has had in her tenure at Texas thus far. I mean, could we all agree on that? Definitely. Definitely, and you've got um, definitely a lot of experience. You've got Ariel Atkins and Brooke McCarty, um, your two senior guards in the backcourt to lead you. I mean, you know, Texas, obviously they don't have Corona Goudreau, which do we think they will get her back? I mean, she's out indefinitely.
3: Her status is like different just, every time they talk about it so it's yeah. been from it like look, day to day sound good. to indefinite <laughs> right. to audrey saying i'm just trying to get function back in my hand like yeah yeah it's, it's weird
0: so i mean we, we we may not see audrey and Caron goudreau back this season but i mean just looking at texas's ncaa tournament prospects i mean is a is elite eight run the expectation is, is the final four run an expectation obviously it depends on Sort of who they draw definitely. but I mean Texas has made the sweet sixteen the past three years right definitely should I
3: mean I know that the team's expectation is to
0: go all the way right.
3: but realistically
0: realistically I you, think they're this
3: team their ceiling is more like the final four yeah and a, a good outcome would be the elite eight
0: yeah yeah I think that's fair definitely. I think an elite eight appearance and if they made the final four. And the final four for the women is in Columbus too. That's but, correct. But yeah, if they made, maybe they made the final four. I think that'd be a lot of validation for for Karen. S. I mean, obviously she's done she's done a great job um, with this program, building up and in, into kind of the national force that it is right now. But I think a final four run would definitely kind of put the bow on that because I mean Texas has struggled against perennial powers like Baylor past few years,
1: and that's kind of by the way. Them back.
3: I also think Baylor is a final 14.
1: Baylor easily. Uh, Baylor looks incredible. A one seed. Yeah. Four of Texas' yeah. losses are against one seed, you know. The yeah. one to Yukon yeah. and then 3 to yeah. Baylor.
0: Yeah, I mean, you Texas lost 6 games. 3 are to Baylor, one's the Yukon. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not losing to the,
3: the Tennessee game, you had like does, everybody yeah. fell out. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: tough, yeah. yeah. Then of course there was a TCU game, but
3: <laughs> well, we we won't talk about yeah, the TCU. game. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we'll, we'll see how the Texas women's team um finishes out the season um because uh, next time we record, you know, they should be well underway into the NCAA tournament. Um, selection show for the women's tournament is Monday night. March 12th. March 12th, right? So we will we will make sure to go watch that, and we'll see how the Texas women finish out the season. Um, but moving on now to the men's hoop side of things. <laughs> this is why Steve is in here, and he's already yes. grinning. <laughs> it's a fun game. <laughs> because, uh, man, I swear— well, just when you think the Texas men are out this season, they've just completely screwed themselves, they they creep right back in it. So after the loss to Kansas and Lawrence last Monday night, um, look at Texas. I mean, they beat West Virginia, a good West Virginia team, top 20-ranked team, um, at home, senior day, that was Saturday. Longhorns win in overtime 87-79. to 79. Big win, I mean, potentially tournament clinching win. Steve, you were there, obviously. Let's get your reaction from that. Reaction from the game, and do you think Texas has done enough to make the NCAA tournament?
2: They're they're in. Uh, if you saw the game ESPN flash a graphic right after that said the basketball power index BPI has them at a ninety eight percent chance. Mm-hmm. You look at Texas's schedule, eighteen and thirteen, it's not too great of a record, but when you see the teams that they beat along the way, Oklahoma's going to get overrated. I know two of those ranked wins are against Oklahoma who keeps slipping and those, sliding. They down. technically
0: count as quality wins. They do. The other quality wins Texas Tech, Texas Tech, West and, Virginia,
2: right. a ranked TCU team that's currently probably about a six seed. Mm-hmm. So and then Butler at the beginning of the season. They've been able to have great wins from start to finish this season, even though they sprinkled in a couple losses in there. And I'm sure the committee will especially take note that they managed to beat the number 20 West Virginia Mountaineers at home without, without Mo Bomba yeah. and with a seven-man rotation. No Eric Davis, <laughs> no Mo Bamba, no Andrew Jones. This team's overcome a lot of adversity. It, They're very unpredictable. I said they didn't need that win against Kansas last Wednesday, that, that win... It wasn't necessary at all, but they did need to beat West Virginia, and this performance was such a unique Texas performance because we hadn't seen them shoot the ball like this all year long. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can't expect Texas to shoot 58% from three-point every game. In (laughs) fact, that's the best they've shot in the Shaka Smart era. We can't expect Texas to shoot 57% from the floor. I believe that's the third best mark in the Shaka Smart era every game, but the team what really impressed me was they never ran out of gas throughout the game. You see guys, three players played over forty three minutes, Coleman, Osikowski, and Roach, and they had to play they had to play the overtime period and it was it had to be draining for the team to give up that layup to Javon Carter at the very end to tie it, and they go out in overtime first play Javon Carter, gets an easy layup. That could have been a moment like we're done. Uh, we'd have to maybe win some Big 12 tournament games to have a shot. But instead, the Texas team puts their foot on the gas. Jericho Sims gets back, which he had a great game, best of his career, 17 yeah. points. He he took Mo Bamba's place, and he fulfilled that role easily. A bright future for him. And he played very well in overtime, and that Jacob Young 3 was sort of the turning point of the Texas's tournament hopes it made it from more bleak to almost certain mm-hmm. that was a game Texas had to win and right now they're slated to play in a playing game according to ESPN's bracketology all I think they have to do is go in to Kansas City on Wednesday and beat a struggling Iowa State team yeah
0: yeah and so yeah Texas is 18 and 13 they finish 8 and 10 in the Big 12 um obviously first round of the Big 12 tournament starts Wednesday night in Kansas City they play Iowa State as Steve mentioned that's at eight thirty. Um you had a funny joke before uh we were he- we walked into this uh for the podcast um you want to shed light on what well, that was I just
2: said because <laughs> Texas likes to play with its fans it likes to yeah. just play with all the people that are trying to predict them it's such an unpredictable team this is a team that you keep thinking has everything together like at the beginning of the year they almost beat duke then a couple games later they beat tennessee state by one at home Then a couple weeks ago, it looked like they were finally gaining momentum, beat Oklahoma on the road. Then they put up 48 points in Manhattan and lose to Kansas State. So... With the way Texas is going, it's possible that they could just lose by 20 points to (laughs) Iowa State and leave the committee just doubting them after the statement win. Do I think that's going to happen? Absolutely not. Bomba or not, I do believe Texas wins this upcoming game just because Iowa State's missing one of their best players, too, and Nick Babb. Mm -hmm. He's been out since about February 20th. Texas has already beaten this team twice this year. Not easy to beat a team three times, but when a team as quality as Iowa State should be able to do it. But I'd like to note, Iowa State has the experience. This team's won three of the last four Big Twelve tournaments. So expect the unexpected. Yeah.
0: Um and if they beat Iowa State, the chances of a playing game for the Longhorns a little I mean Texas is essentially sitting comfortably at that point if they beat Iowa State, I think.
2: Yes, there were some 19-win teams last year, I think, like Michigan State and Vanderbilt that were eight and nine seeds. When you have a tough schedule and you have those quality wins, uh, I think you can avoid the playing game there. They're just going to be in the playing game until Iowa State. And if they beat Iowa State, their next team's Texas Tech, and they've shown twice that Mm -hmm. they, they can beat Texas Tech. Yeah. So... They could rise, I don't know, to maybe an 8 or 9 seed if they win two of these games because going into the tournament hot, that would be three straight wins. West Virginia, Iowa State, Texas Tech, and I'm sure the committee people that lo- do the selection would love to see a team do that. So the team definitely has potential to advance far in the Big 12 tournament. Regarding Bomba status, Shaka Smart said that he... Bamba will play again this season at some point. He does see that, but he is optimistic that he'll play in Kansas City. Probably not against Iowa State is my guess, but if they win that game, you might see some more Bamba.
0: Yeah, and obviously Mo Bamba's been battling a toe sprain over the past, uh, or he was battling a toe sprain for a few games before ultimately um, Texas decided to, um, to sit him out. So yeah, we'll be following that see if Mo comes out and plays um, in one of these Big 12 games. If not, we may see him in the NCAA tournament, like Steve said. But um, just really quickly, I mean, think just thinking in retrospect back on the season, you know, I think a lot of the criticism of Shaka Smart has been fair, um, you know, fighting and clawing just to make the NCAA tournament in your third year. But to just think about all that this team went through this season, you lose your second-leading scorer. Arguably your best player in Andrew Jones to just, a you know, a tragic um, leukemia diagnosis, um, you know, that obviously was a, a just a real just killer for the team. You know, like what a what a psychological effect that has and that that can't be overstated, but also just, you know, effect on the court as well. I mean, that's arguably your best player. Then you have Mo Bamba here late in the season when Texas is clawing just to make the tournament. Mo Bamba goes out. You have the Eric Davis fiasco with the whole NCAA corruption mess, and, and Eric Davis has to sit out. I mean, there's a, these are a lot of crazy factors um, and, you know, just setbacks that Texas has suffered this year, and yet they're still 18-13 and 13, likely in the NCAA tournament. Is that a testament to Chaka Smart's coaching job? You know, what are your kind of feelings about that? If there's a coach
2: you want that has to guide you through things like this, based on what I've heard from him it's shaka smart he's the perfect coach to get you through this type of adversity he seems to connect on on a personal level with a lot of his players too like he's a coach that does more than just coach basketball he seems to impact their lives in a great way he has such a close like emotional connection it seems with the players on his roster and i think that's huge uh something that some people may see just the results on the court and say oh they want they want Shaka Smart to be on the hot seat. But, no, he's he's done more than just – I think he's an incredible basketball coach, but I think he's even better at getting players through situations like this. Uh, the, the players have talked about how – I mean, he's talked about how he's had to organize his players through all this adversity this right. year, and it's definitely a difficult thing to do, have all these things thrown at you at once. And the fact that they've managed to stay put – in Pull out wins over West Virginia with seven game uh seven man
0: rotations in march that's just incredible, yeah Ty, what do you think about that? i mean the the amount of things that Texas had to go through this season as a team is is
1: insane. I mean, yeah. I think every team faces adversity. Obviously, right, but, but, Texas has faced a little bit more than the average team this year. I mean, not everyone has their best player My point go mi- down to cancer. My
0: my point being is that, like, this team could have very easily folded up its tent, yeah. and they could have just completely fallen apart after the Andrew Jones yeah. news. Then you have the Mo Bamba thing late in the season, and the Eric Davis situation, like just these crazy, yeah. just unheard-of situations, but, you
1: know— here is Texas at 18 and 13, slowly plugging along. I think the biggest thing about Texas, and we've seen it with Texas basketball for a few years now, sometimes they play with this sort of energy that's just, like, insane. We yeah. saw it against yeah. West Virginia. You know, They're making all these shots. Right. Fr- Frank Overman Center is going crazy. You pull out a huge win over a ranked opponent. You know, we saw it against Duke in the tournament earlier this year. They almost beat Duke. I mean, they were playing fantastic for – Thirty minutes of that game, um, but then they I inexplicably think the most, look bad. Yeah,
0: the next night or whatever. The
1: most surprising thing to me though is when they have all this adversity. They, they just lose to Kansas last week, and they're like, "Well, one more loss, we're probably out of the tournament." Yeah, and then they pull that energy out out of nowhere again. Like this was a a dead team basically. You lose that game, you're done. You're gonna go win a game in the Big Twelve tournament, probably against the like Steve said, a bad Iowa State team. But then you're gonna get ousted by Tech maybe. But they just pull out this energy and they save their season literally in 40 minutes or, or 45 minutes, I guess, because it took overtime. But, it, you know, with everything, like you said, Trent, everything they were facing, you didn't expect them to have that energized game. But heck, they did it again. And now they're in the tournament because of it. Yeah,
0: And uh, yeah, I mean, I do think Shaka deserves A lot of credit for keeping this team um, together and engaged throughout this entire season because this has been a roller coaster of a basketball season. I mean, I I thought they were going to finish five hundred, yeah, five games above. We were talking about that just a couple weeks ago on the podcast, like you know how this team was, you know, just done, no shot the tournament the way they were playing, and then here they are, you know, knocking at the door. But um, yeah, so the Longhorns tip off in Kansas City Wednesday night at eight thirty against Iowa State. First round of the Big 12 tournament, we will see how the Longhorns, um, what kind of run they can make again in the Big 12 tournaments. Never know what can happen in these type of things. um teams, what's your, what's teams can come out of nowhere. Steve? Yeah, what is your this prediction, right at- Steve? Really quickly, I'm just going
2: to say the simple prediction, which is beat Iowa State and lose to Texas Tech. I mean, yeah. Texas Tech hasn't been too great recently, and I said before Texas has competed with them in Lubbock and they beat them by a pretty good margin in Austin, so mm-hmm. that's definitely a winnable game. But then there's some things up in the air, like Bomba status for the. The game which has to be taken in to uh that has to be accounted for and playing with such a tight rotation which it worked last game yeah. but you know you don't know if texas is actually going, going to shoot that well in the tournament again shaka smart a quote that i like that he said was basically that if texas basically to sum it up he just said that texas can play two ways they can play the team like that we saw in that three-game losing skid with Kansas State, Baylor, and TCU that has no shot at beating any team in the Big 12, <laughs> or they can play like the team against West Virginia. You just don't know which Texas is going to show yeah. up.
0: Well, we'll see what Texas shows up Wednesday night. <laughs> and then uh, you obviously you have selection Long-born Sunday.
1: fans hope it's that energized one yeah, I was talking yeah. about because when they play like that, you yeah. can beat a lot of teams. Then, final four? Yeah, Not final four. A lot of teams, not final four.
0: And then you have Selection Sunday, which is this Sunday. So, um, you know, we'll see how this plays out for, for Texas men's hoops. Um, but that's all the time we have for today. Special thanks to JT Lindsay and the podcast department for JT. producing this podcast. Um, great job, JT, as always. Make sure to download the Texan Overtime Podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. And also give us a follow on Twitter, at The Daily Texan and at Sports. And, of course, make sure to check out our website, DailyTexanOnline.com. Got a lot of great things up there on UT Sports. Got a good feature on Jericho Sims right now. For Ty, Steve, and Drew, I'm Trent. We will be back after spring break. So, for all you out there, enjoy your spring break. Thanks.